Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I'm your real girl, Shay Payne, sharing stories about real humans finding their way through the filters and highlights to create their own definition of happiness. This podcast is not a cry for attention. It's a yell for empowerment. It's a lesson in vulnerability. It's a hello, I see you. You are worthy right here, right now to feel good inside and out because beautiful human, you are bloody epic. Welcome to episode two. All right, welcome everyone to episode two of the Be Real podcast. I'm very excited today because it is the first time I am doing an interview. So I'm like slightly excited and slightly nervous at the same time. But I'm very grateful that the person that I'm interviewing today is the beautiful Brit Doherty from WellFed. You'll find her at WellFed on Instagram and her website as well. She is a nutritionist, science-based, which is amazing because there's a lot of crap out there. And I love that she sifts through that crap to bring us the real facts about what we should be eating and what um, we should be looking at in terms of nutrition. So I'm really grateful that she's here to talk to us today. We're going to talk a little bit more um, than nutrition. We'll talk a little bit about life and holistic health and how to just approach life from a holistic perspective. So I think there'll be some definite gold in this podcast. So welcome, Britt. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm excited. This is my first time podcasting. Oh, good. We're virgins together. (laughs) We're both nervous. That's great. (laughs) Well, we might start then with some quick questions. So what was the last thing that made you laugh? I have laughed so much this week than I have for a long time, which is ironic considering everything that's been happening just personally for me. But The last thing that really made me laugh was earlier today, and it's so trivial. It was just like a silly meme that someone sent to me, and I had to just stop what I was doing and just like laughed out loud just by myself on the street. (laughs) It was like so good. I don't know if I can verbally describe it, but it's definitely more of a visual, but it made me laugh a lot, and it was very welcomed. I love how um, I think we get caught up in social media and technology and things, and we see it as a bad thing, but... I love how those things just pop into our inbox and we do, we just kind of like some of them make us belly laugh, some of them make us giggle and stuff like that. And I just love that, that there's that side of technology and social media and stuff as well. So that's awesome. I'm so glad it was like today because a lot of people are like, oh, I can't remember the last time I really laughed. No, it was today. It was great. That's awesome. All right. Well, what's something you love to do just for fun? For fun, I really love singing and dancing. I am not a good singer or am I a good dancer, but I love putting on like 90s playlists and just like reliving my childhood and just dancing around. So lately I've had like a 90s boy bands mix just on repeat. So it's like circling through like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Westlife and it's been great. So I just dance around in my car or dance around the house so good I think my kids think I'm crazy because I do the same thing on the way to school drop off I'm like all right who wants music (laughs) they're like yes and they're like not your music mom (laughs) but we do we dance around and sing at the top of our um lungs which is awesome I think people think we're weird as we drive past but who cares it's so nostalgic too it's beautiful it is it's nice to take that trip down memory lane and I reckon our music was better in the 90s 
All right. If you could be any animal for 24 hours, what would it be and why? It would be a bird because it would be really cool to experience flying. Yeah. But also, cows are my favorite animal. And so it would be nice to kind of like hang out with other cows for a day and just chill. All right. You need to elaborate on that a little bit more. What's the go with the cow? I have no idea. My grandparents, I do have an idea actually. My grandparents had a cow farm growing up. My grandparents are like my favorite people in the world. They've since passed away, but all of like our childhood memories at Christmas and Easter were up at the farm with the cows. We get to go and feed the cows and my grandma would like deliver the calves when they were being born and we'd watch her and it was just great. They're just really peaceful and just really relaxed and I think I could really take a page out of their book and learn to relax a little bit more. Couldn't we all? And now when you say that, I'm like, yeah, actually, how good would it be to be a cow and just eat grass all day and yeah. just chill? <laughs> chill. Be awesome. So good. All right. Well, our friendship's grown, like, out of common interest over the last few years. I was actually trying to think of, like, how we really became friends or, like, what was the turning point. But I think it was just, like, we kind of were both into the same things. And so we just started to have conversations together around things. And then we kind of started mm. hanging out, which is, I just love how relationships develop like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just really loved your approach to nutrition and holistic health. And so I wonder like that, you know, a lot of people, they want to hear from nutritionists. They want to know about like food and things like that, because there's so much confusion out there. So maybe before we dive really deep into that, you could tell us a little bit about um, you and how you got into nutrition and, and all of those sorts of things. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up with a very health conscious mum, which I'm so thankful for now. However, her understanding of health was that um, fat phobic era where everything was fat free and light and it was a lot of cereals and white breads and fruit. We didn't have chocolate, but we had like lollies in the house. We had, I don't know, it was just that kind of typical Haitian salad type dinner. Um, and then as I got to more of my adolescent years, I ended up with an eating disorder for about 10 years. And it was actually through the practitioners that I worked with as part of my healing that really inspired me because they taught me so much about eating and how approaching food with a different mentality really helped promote good health within your body physically and mentally. So they really inspired me. And after I worked with them and was put into remission and kind of set free to be my own person again, I thought I want to do that now. And I want to go and learn more about this and figure out how this is impacting on my body and teach others the same thing really yeah that's that awesome kind of and I think that the best practitioners come out of experience don't they you know yeah so, definitely yeah so you had that experience through your childhood and things like that and then you had that turning point which we'll delve into a little bit more but you know you experienced it and then you thought I could teach others out of this and so therefore that's how you progressed into nutrition um yeah so what when did you go and study? Like, how did that work? Did you, like, have other jobs before you became a nutritionist? Or, you know, what, what did you – when was the turning point? Did you go straight from school into study or – Definitely not. So I had, like, a six-year gap <laughs> from school. Um, I didn't do year 12, so I left the beginning of year 11. I was not a straight-A student. I was not present at school 
I did a lot of drugs at school. I would skip school like it was not a priority for me. And then I did a lot of traveling. So I lived overseas. I worked in hospitality. I worked in admin. I worked at Macca's. I just had like random odd jobs to save up cash and then go traveling again. And that was kind of my life in a bit of a cycle. And then it was after I got really sick and then literally I think I finished up with my therapist and a dietitian in September or October and then by February the following year I enrolled at uni to do nutrition yeah wow Um, and that was I ended up moving to Sydney for a few years to do that and then yeah here I am now so so good it all happened later in life I guess yeah and that was the same for me actually I was the same I had a nice big gap year and can you believe we worked at McDonald's honestly my daughter's (laughs) she's mortified that her mum used to work at McDonald's because we teach her that the only thing McDonald's is good for is water and a toilet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, they did teach me to clean as I go. Ah, yes. Clean as to me, yeah. so I'm really clean when I cook. Ah, very good. Well, that's a really good skill that I feel like I picked up. Yes, I can remember. I used to be a, man- <laughs> I used to be a manager at Macca's and I'd be like, clean as you go. And now Dean's, because <laughs> Dean also, my husband used to work at Macca's as well, and so... Yes, we both crack the McDonald's jokes every now and then in the kitchen. Yeah. Although I don't think he really learnt the clean as you go bit, but it's lucky because he cooks way better than, <laughs> cooks way better than McDonald's food. <clears throat> well, I didn't know you as a teenager, and I feel like you just touched on a little bit there. And I think that um, it's really important that maybe we unpack that a little bit. So, what was your approach to food um, as a teenager, and maybe like in your early twenties and things like that? Um, how did you see food and and I guess talking about that concept of like um, the diet culture, you know, like I think that that's something that particularly teenagers and I feel I feel like it's particularly females um, that feel the pressure of that diet culture because of what we see in the media and things like that. But I wonder if you could unpack like how that affected you in particular, um, you know, how did that manifest, you know, how long did it go for? Um, and how did you find your way out of it? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like it's a never-ending journey, figuring out what to eat and how. Because we are so different, we can't apply one diet to fit an entire population. Also, as women, we're very cyclical. So we go through our monthly cycle, and I feel like our approach to food changes even just across the space of a month. Plus, we've got the seasons that play into effect on the quality of our food and what's available, as well as what we're going to eat. So obviously, we'll eat differently or want to eat different foods in winter than we do the summer and move our bodies differently in winter than we do the summer. But for me, when I was younger, food was simply a weight management tool. So I viewed it as calories, as I'd eat to put on weight and I'd not eat to try and lose weight. And that's um, quite a warped perception of food because yes we do have calories in terms of like an energy standpoint so our macronutrients carbs fats proteins provide us with calories for energy but it's actually the vitamins and the minerals the micronutrients that allow the biochemical reactions to take place to even extract that energy but also for our cells to function so that means like hormone function our immune system our brain how our skin's going to look and feel how our hair and nails are going to grow everything so I guess even as teenagers who are really impacted by diet culture and who are maybe restricting what they eat or cutting out food groups altogether 
they're really doing themselves a disservice because that's quite a intense time, especially hormonally and just going through puberty and the stress of school and all of that. Food deprivation is another form of stress that's on the body. So they're just kind of flooding themselves with so much stress and not enough nourishment to really counteract that. Um, so, yes. So now I kind of really look at food more as, well, I guess I look at food as, as everything really like it's a form of celebration it's how we connect with people it's how we can comfort ourselves it's how we nourish ourselves it's how we can give to others so like we can cook for other people or have people over and cook for them and it's yeah it's kind of um it affects health not just in a physical sense but in more of a emotional and even social aspect as well Mm, so true so true all of that stuff's so good like because I think we do we need to change our perception of what food is and like I can remember as a teenager I guess my eating disorder was not as maybe intense as what yours was or not as long but I can remember the moment when it started so Mm. mine wasn't so much when we were at school um but once I finished school and actually I remember the moment was I I was a dancer throughout school so I was known as the dancer and those sorts of things and I always thought that you know I was always quite small I was short and tiny and those sorts of things and um, I think you know obviously then I got a job at (laughs) McDonald's and ate a lot of McDonald's Um, and then hormones kicked in and I got big boobs which is not wanted as a dancer Um, and so I was told you know quite quickly um as those my breasts developed that I would never be a ballerina or a professional dancer because my boobs were too big so that was one thing um and then I still danced after that um I kept going and then I remember it was my final concert in high school and we'd finished performing and I was dating my now husband at the time and we were sort of standing side stage and he was there and he's congratulating me and all of those things and you know, it was pretty well known at that point, if you weren't going to go professional, that you probably would finish dancing um, once, you know, you finished year 12. And I remember my dance teacher came over to me and she said, I really think you shouldn't finish now. Um, she's like, because look at your tiny little body, you won't have that if you stop dancing. I remember that, like, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, but I think she she did not mean it at all in a way that was to make me feel uncomfortable or any of those kinds of things. She meant she I think deep down what she wanted was for me to continue dancing. And she thought, I know how to get this girl to keep dancing, make her think that her body will stay the way that it is if she keeps dancing, you know. So and then in my head, I was like, oh, OK, so if I'm not going to dance, then I'm going to need to do something else. Um, And I was quite active and all of those sorts of things. But, you know, what we get bombarded with as females. And back then I was not aware of myself at all. And obviously all of the emotional stuff that comes with it. And that's a whole nother podcast really. But, you know, then I would start to do things like, because I was still working at McDonald's, so I would eat it. But then I would go and throw it up because I would feel bad about doing that. So I would stick my fingers down my throat and I would throw it up. And then I would try to like not eat at all because I didn't like the feeling of throwing up. But then I really love food. So then I would eat and I would eat a lot and then I'd feel bad again. So then I would go and throw it up and it was just ridiculous. Um, And then, you know, I got into the shakes. So I was doing that for a while. 
um, you know, like calorie restriction, um, the diet where like you eat a lot of, is it you eat a lot of fat and you don't eat carbs? Like those kinds of things, like oh, all like of the, the keto things. diet. Yeah, but it wasn't called keto back then. It was just like, I don't know what it was, but yeah. <laughs> um, but it came with the shakes. It was like a system. So it's like you take the shakes, you only eat the foods on this list and then you will lose weight. And I did lose weight, honestly, but I didn't feel good. And I then ended up with a um, underactive thyroid. So I then had thyroid issues um, and then that affected fertility and like those kinds of things. And obviously mood. Oh my gosh, what a moody bitch I used to be. So I don't know, did you have similar um, experiences to that or were yours a little bit different or? Definitely similar. So I had terrible anxiety, depression, moods were just all over the place. Um, I was really fatigued. I lost touch with a lot of friends just because I'd isolate myself socially because everything revolves around food. You want to go out for dinner, you have birthday parties, they serve food. And I would be living in this fear of someone offering me something to eat, of trying to figure out how can I get out of this. So I would stay at home. So I lost a lot of friends. I never looked at myself as being thin or even underweight, um, which is crazy because now I see photos and just think, my gosh, like you look terrible. And friends who saw me said, you look terrible, which was kind of good because I think a lot of the time people – really reward and compliment others for weight loss and focus on that so if someone has lost a bit of weight it's like oh my gosh you look great if you lost weight and it's like almost rewarding that behavior and then people associate that as well to lose weight is positive and to gain weight is negative and that's not the case it's like healthy bodies come in all shapes and sizes it's not someone who's thinner than someone else means that they're healthier a lot of the time they could actually be unhealthier like in our case where we were horrible (laughs) I ended up having um I remember this I kept getting tonsillitis because I was making myself throw up so often so I literally had tonsillitis every second week and ended up losing my job because of it because they couldn't keep giving me sick leave and it meant I was taking antibiotics like continuously um I always had just like horrible skin I'd collapse a lot just felt like foggy just didn't have motivation for anything it's like it just affects every part of your body and your makeup so yes it was not a good time it was actually the thinnest I was was the most miserable that I was so my biggest fear was gaining weight and now I think I'm maybe 20 plus kilos heavier than what I was and I'm the happiest that I've been in a long time so good my biggest fear was faced and it's actually not bad at all it's actually the best I've been Oh, that's so good. And this wasn't one of the questions that I was going to ask you, but maybe you could just, like, let's think about, like, the teenage versions of ourselves. And if there was one thing that we could tell them that doing that to their body is going to affect, like, what was what would be one thing that you would say? Do you know what I mean? Like, besides... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, what's one thing that we could... Ex- how we could explain it really well? Because we've got probably got some mums listening to this podcast and I'm a mum of a of a girl you know a beautiful seven-year-old at the moment um but 
what about when she's a teenager? What is something that we could maybe say to them that would help them to understand the maybe even just the physical impact that it's going to have on the body? So if we look at it from a physical perspective, what's something that we could um, say to them or explain to them that might help them to understand how doing that to their body is actually causing it more harm than good? Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing for me was I kept telling myself my weight is not my worth because I put so much value in what my weight would be. But one of the biggest reasons why I ended up getting professional help was I started thinking about becoming an adult and becoming a wife and wanting a family one day. And I thought, how could anyone love me if I'm throwing up everything that I eat? Or like, how could someone love me if I have to tell them I can't have kids because my body's just not in a position to be able to reproduce because it's not nourished. Like it's undernourished and it's starved and it's in this constant state of stress. Um, but for younger girls, I think, yeah, really affirming to them the other qualities that they have that might not be just the physical and also just how eating well is going to help them do well at school. It's going to help them be able to play with their friends. It's going to help them do the things that are fun and gives them enjoyment in life. Like, do they want to be bedridden or even in hospital or do they want to be out with their friends and actually enjoying the gift that is life? Mm, so true. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. We hold so much of our worth in our physical appearance, so much of it. And it's like, I think it's, it's t and I am still learning it because having three babies it does affect me after I have my beautiful children. I know everyone's like, you're so lucky, you're so blessed, you should see, you know, sitting gratitude and all of those things. But then there's still that whole feeling of, but I look like this, how can my husband think I'm attractive? And, you know, this isn't what I normally look like and those sorts of things. And so I usually go through this transition of like a period where I just don't feel good in my own body. And it takes a little bit of time for me to get past that. And so, yeah, I think moving through that whole concept of our worth is not wrapped up in our appearance. Gosh, it feels good and freeing, doesn't it, to get past that? Yeah, definitely. So good. All right. Well, everybody, when they get in front of a nutritionist, <laughs> wants to know, what the <laughs> heck should we eat? You know, so what are some tips um, for those wanting to approach eating from a healthy perspective like what are some things um or a more holistic perspective what are some things that we should be doing or I know that should word is probably not the right word is it you know <laughs> because like you said before everyone is different but you know we need some guidance because you know if we if we shouldn't eat anything in particular like as in if there's not like things we must eat then people just eat anything and I think if we give them some scope, maybe they can head in the right direction of a holistic approach to food. Yeah. Um, well, by all means, anyone and everyone should be eating fruits and vegetables. I think that's something that regardless of what diet you follow, unless you have the carnivore diet, which is just like a whole other story, but fruits and vegetables are just what should be included regardless. Um, what fruits and vegetables is entirely up to you and your palate. But I think really trying to find a way to tap into that intuitive eating 
aspect. We've all got it and we all have something that's guiding us and allowing us to make decisions. Every day is going to look different. It's not about eating one thing that you might approach as like a bad food. I don't believe there are bad foods or good foods. I think food is food. And it's what you're doing on the whole rather than what you're doing day to day almost. So it's, I always try to look at my week as a whole and see what I've had over the week and maybe if there are gaps in what I need to fill, not what I'm eating over the course of a day because I feel like every day just changes so much so. So I know there's some days for me where I am not a very good nutritionist and <laughs> I might miss a meal because I've got so much work on or I might have too many coffees or I might have too many wines or I might not have many vegetables at all and I might actually be eating chocolate and <laughs> it's just that day might not particularly look so nutritious but then the next day I know there's always another chance to fill up my plate with a lot more vegetables and drink a lot more water and maybe sleep a little bit better as well. I love that concept of you know looking at your eating as a week because I, I know that even I still do this I'll be like get to the end of the day and I'm like oh I haven't drunk enough water and I haven't done this and I haven't done that and then I think the opportunity is gone because I have to go to sleep where if you look at it from a weekly perspective then I feel like there's more opportunities to get more nutritious food in and then also looking at our water intake and things like that some people don't like water <laughs> they don't like the taste of water because it doesn't have any taste and I used to be like that for a long time and dare I say it now I used to put cordial in my water oh so bad (laughs) um but what do you think about um like flavored collagens and um like the hydration booster tonics and things like that that people put in their water do you think there's any one credibility to them um and two do you feel like that's a, a good way for people to drink more water if they don't like it if it's getting people to drink more water then I'm all for it because we obviously need water to survive and to do a whole other host of functions. Um, But even just other ways of flavoring water, just with like lemon or mint or different fruits, just anything that you like, even herbal teas, things that aren't caffeinated, they can still add to water intake as well. Some of the foods that we eat add to our water intake. So like fruits and vegetables that have a lot of water in them, but really we just want to try and get, more hydration into us Mm, as we can especially in the summer months which we're in now so I mean if they're going to then drink more because they're putting that in there then by all means do what you got to (laughs) do so true and our skin will glow if we drink more water (laughs) and we might not need ring lights like I have set up right now (laughs) I've always get to the end of the day and I'm like I haven't drunk enough water and I know I have it because like we teach our kids the same thing, but we look at the color of our wee, you know. And I think yeah. some people aren't just—they're just not taught this. Like our wee is not meant to be yellow, right? It's meant to be clear. No. Unless you're taking B vitamins and it goes fluoro, it shouldn't be colored. Or yeah. you've eaten beetroot, which yeah. is another scary thing if you don't—if <laughs> you forget that you've had beetroot the day before. Yes, same when it comes it's out as number easier. two as well. <laughs> But yeah, I t- I, we definitely, we teach our kids like to look at their, uh, the color of their wee and things like that. And I know I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, I haven't drunk enough water. Um, and so I try and like, you know, drink more then. But breastfeeding and being a mom of three kids, I, I often find it hard to drink enough water. So I've got my water with me today because I've got for interviewing a nutritionist. I need to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I just things. had to have a drink then as well. <laughs> just reminded me. So good. 
Right. Well, what are some of your favorite quick, easy meals um, that are also full of healthy ingredients? Because I really struggle um, to think about dinner in particular just like kills me because I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? And then I feel like I'm rushing around and I'm one, not, I don't think I'm a bad cook, although I think my husband would disagree. Um, but I think I just don't prioritize food enough, if that makes sense. Like there are other things I get more joy out of in terms of like doing things um, than food. I certainly enjoy food a lot when it's prepared by somebody else. So I appreciate food and good food, but I'd rather go out and pay for it, but that becomes very expensive. So what are some like, um, yeah, some healthy meals that you love that are really packed full of like nutrients and things like that? Yeah, I am a really basic cook when it comes to food prep. I actually don't love cooking. I like to be in and out. My enjoyment comes from the eating side of things, not so much the actual preparation. I do bulk batch a lot of things. So at the start of the week, I might get a whole chicken or a whole thing of whatever meat's going and roast it in the oven. So like it's all baked and then I'll roast a heap of veggies up. I might cook rice in bulk or quinoa in bulk and just have those ready to go in the fridge or like pre-steam some vegetables and just have it all there ready to go. So then, because I do a lot of work from home, lunches everything's cooked and in the fridge so I just have to reheat it or sometimes have it cold just chuck it all together in a bowl I really love potatoes I'll have potatoes every single day they're like my favorite thing so they're always pre-cooked sitting in the fridge ready to go um do a lot of eggs chicken meat so like a really basic meal that I love is some sort of meat or protein some sort of like spinach or kale or rocket with avocado and sweet potato and I'll just like pop it all in a bowl olive oil and salt on top and that's it yum sounds delicious but i think that the i think the key there was the fact that you meal prep (laughs) so like you you get all of your things and then you cook them all at the start of the week and then you have them in the fridge which i've definitely heard that before but i still struggle to do all of those things because i make everything else a priority and i think that at the end of the day i think feel like that's the key word it's like making uh, food the priority or nutrients the priority enough that you will batch it at the start of the week so that you do have nutritious food because if you don't then you'll go for the quick thing which is the block of organic chocolate in the top of the fridge yeah. or or have another coffee <laughs> well I don't drink coffee but <laughs> <laughs> but yes I know I'm like the only weird one that doesn't drink coffee I'm the person that walks up to the coffee van and says do you have decaf and they look at me like I'm some kind of alien all right, so do you have some resources? Because you are a nutritionist, and I know you do have some resources that we can draw on, um, maybe you could talk us through some of the things that you do offer or that you do have in terms of resources for food, um, for what the heck we should eat and all of those sorts of things. Because I feel like people are still going to go, okay, it still feels vague. We've got to kind of like meal prep and we have to like eat nutritious food, but it's okay to like eat, you know, chocolate one day and coffee and then it's we'll fix it up the next day but they just need some guidance because we live in a world where our lives are really full and sometimes we just need someone to go here this would be a great guide to like look at and follow this and eat this (laughs) so do you have some resources and things I do so on my website I do have meal plans already that can be downloaded and so they are 
tailored to specific things. So there's one that's quite more um, like a time saver meal plan. So it's really for those time poor cooks. And it does talk through more some meal prep ideas that they can do while maybe dinner's cooking, just have the oven going with a tray of veggies in it or something that's helping them not to take more time in food prepping, but trying to cut back on the time that they take. There's another one that's for um, like a gluten-free one. There is like a keto. There's a complete like desserts one that's all, I want to say all, but majority are like gluten-free. They're all refined sugar-free, some dairy-free. And so they're always there. I've also got some eBooks that are written more on hormones, like women's health and hormones, because that's an area that I really focus on in practice. And then if people really need individual one-on-one health and mentoring i also offer skype and facetime consultations as well as face-to-face ones so if people aren't in my local area it doesn't matter where they are i can still see them yeah that's so good because like i just said before people their their lives are really full and actually driving somewhere to sit in an appointment like we just some of us just cannot fit that in so having the opportunity to be able to do things online is a great way to be able to get um, you know, help and things like that without taking so much time out of your day. So that's awesome. I will be needing to download the um, e-guide that's like about how to save time. <laughs> and I'll just give it to Dean. <laughs> He's such a good cook, but I'm just like, I'll just wash up. Honestly, just you cook it, I'll just wash up. Oh, dear. So what is your website so people can go and find it and download those guides? So it is www.wellfed.online. So it's well, W-E-L-L, fed, F-E-D. Awesome. So we can go over there and download those. What is in store for the future of Wellfed and Brett? And where are you going and what's happening? Because I think it's really important as women that, um, especially women in business or women who have dreams and things like that, that we talk about those um and the more we talk about them the more we think about them the more we manifest them and attract them into our life and so i'd love to know what's in store for you so i can also be your hype girl at the same time i love that um look i am taking things day by day right now i am still building my business i'm always going to be forever building my business and growing my community and trying to expand my reach of people who i can help Um, My mission statement's always been to empower, to encourage, and to educate. And so I just stand by those three values with everything that I try to do. But I'm trying to be really optimistic. I feel like the world is my oyster right now. So this year has been particularly massive for me. So I have done a fair bit of travel. Work has grown quite um, rapidly and have just gone through a marriage breakdown as well. So everything's just up in the air. So I guess... It being a new year quite soon and a new decade, I'm feeling really hopeful and excited about what could be in store because I just feel like there are endless possibilities, especially for women in business now. Like I feel like women have gone ahead of us and really paved the way for us to have quite a successful business and quite an impact. And so I find that really exciting. That's so good. I love that you're in that optimistic state. Um, And I love that idea that women have paved the way and they have absolutely, they flung their bras off in the seventies and eighties and things (laughs) like that for us. Um, And now I think it's our, it's our 
responsibility to now even make women in business look different because women in business used to be about women putting on the power suit and the masculine energy and going in and doing what the men were doing and I think it's incredible because I can see this shift in society at the moment that's like okay women in business looks different women in business looks like Mm. flexibility working from home maybe juggling not juggling but um finding the blend actually I heard that the other day so don't say (laughs) juggling finding the blend between um, motherhood and business and things like that um and doing it from wherever we want like if you could see where I'm sitting right now you know it's not in a beautiful um, podcast studio and all of those sorts of things it's in our storage studio down the back of our house while my three children are two hopefully sleeping and my mother-in-law is lovingly looking after the other one and probably trying to help me organize my house um you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's that blend of all of those things. And so one of the things you mentioned just a minute ago was um, your marriage and you're now, as you reference it, uncoupling, um, which I think is incredible. And this idea of conscious uncoupling, um, you shared this on your social media. So I'd really encourage people to go and find Brit on Instagram and have a look at that. I think... Um, an incredible and honorable thing that you guys are doing and I wonder if maybe you could take this opportunity to touch on that a little bit because I'm sure that there's people that would appreciate you having that conversation and explaining a little bit more about that so I feel like there it's quite a sensitive topic for a lot of people just because many have experienced quite traumatic separations um, or witnessed family or friends go through pretty intense breakups. I know my parents divorced. My mum's actually been divorced twice. My dad once, my stepdad once. So it's been a big thing in our family. I'm thankful that I was too young to even remember it all happening. So I don't have um, any sort of trauma really attached to that. But I understand it can be a bit of a trigger for a lot of people. So I think even a few people when seeing that post, they were charged emotionally by that even though it was amicable and it is we're very civil with each other I have nothing but love and respect for my ex-husband I think I can't fault him I think he's amazing us just as husband and wife just wasn't working so the time we were together was amazing there was no bitterness or resentment or fighting it was quite mutual we both just agreed that we wanted different things from a marriage and out of life and decided to call it what it was and end it there and it wasn't a hasty decision like there was a lot of thought and a lot of groundwork kind of behind it like we did go and see a counsellor there was a lot of conversations that was had so it wasn't something that we just woke up and decided the grass is greener somewhere else it was very well thought out and yeah we both love and respect one another so I think it's the best outcome that we could have asked for in terms of uncoupling or breaking up so amazing amazing and I think that it's incredible that you um have shared that publicly because I think there's a lot of people that they're we're just fearful of sharing more about our relationships I feel um you know and obviously that's a very um it's a raw time as well you know that you know because what you once thought was going to be is now no longer 
Um, but I'm so glad you're in an optimistic state about where your life is going because I think there are incredible things in store for you. Um, and I'm just super excited for what's to come because I've seen you grow in particular um, over the last, I feel like 12 to 18 months. I feel like I've seen... And I just see a glow in you, like you were already this beautiful person before, but now I just see a glow in you that I feel like was in there somewhere before, but didn't have a chance to sort of come out. And now I see it and I've seen it evolve, particularly on your social media and things like that. And it just makes me feel so happy because I feel like I have also been on that journey. Um, and, you know, we see those quotes and things like that about... Um, you know, if you, I don't, I can't remember the exact terms, but like if you knew me like months ago or yesterday or a week ago or whatever, then you don't even really know me now because we continue to grow. And I think that that's so important too, as women um, or as humans in general, that we continue to grow. You know, we should be shifting and changing and pushing the boundaries and trying new things and having fear, but doing it anyway and all of those sorts of things. And also I think in particular for women I think it's really important that we're really real about what's going on in our lives because we hide a lot of things and I think um, we do that for fear of the reaction and the trigger and all of those sorts of things um, and I'm glad that you shared it even though you knew it might trigger people because you know for those who go on the self-development journey we realize that people being triggered has actually got nothing to do with us and everything yeah, exactly. to do with them um, and that they really need to turn inward and, and ask themselves, why are they so triggered? You know, um, and, and, and relationships in particular is something that I'm starting to develop a real passion for. And I'm hoping that Dean and I will share a little bit more about our journey um, as things move forward and stuff like that. Um, and in terms of, and I've like kind of given little tasters on my Instagram, but you know, like the fact that we've also um, been to counseling and things like that. And people often see that as like, oh, they must be on the rocks or, you know, oh, you know, things mustn't be going so well for them and they look so happy, but maybe they're not really and those kinds of things. And I just think, well, actually, like, I feel like those who go to counseling um, are actually a step ahead because oh, that's, that's where you either make it beautiful and amazing and you continue to grow together or you realize it's just not quite the right fit, you know, and then you decide that let's end it nicely which is exactly what you've done and then you know let's move forward with our lives and do incredible yeah. things just maybe not together I'm so glad yeah. you guys have just I'm just just I just want to honor you because I just think it's incredible that you shared it honestly I really do thank you so much well thank you so been, like Go. it still hasn't been an easy thing of course like of course there's still a lot of heartache and it's definitely an adjustment but both living in the same city we're bound to run into each other and we did just on the weekend, just gone, we went to our local coffee shop separately. Our baristas didn't know that we were no longer together. And so I got there and they're like, he's just out the back. I was like, who is? Like, your husband. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we're actually not together anymore. Oh. But I still went out the back and he said, sit down, join us. And we had coffee together and left at that. And then he went off and did his thing and I continued on my merry way. So, yeah, it's good to be in that place where we understand we're going to run into each other. We've got the same friends and similar sort of areas that we're going to go to but we can be mature enough to just say hi how are you going and leave it at that so good mm. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me, Britt. So I have mentioned WellFed, but what are your actual um, social media handles and where can people find you on social media? Because this is how we connect in this modern world. And I think it's important that, um, you know, we have that energy exchange and that people, you know, continue to follow your journey because I think it's going to be one that's going to be incredible and interesting and all of those things. And so where can we find you? So I'm more active on social media than anything else. And I love like connecting with people on social media. I feel like I've built some really beautiful relationships that way without ever meeting the people. Um, so my handle is at well underscore fed underscore. And Facebook, I'll post a little bit, but not as much. It's well fed holistic health. And they're kind of like the two main platforms that I use. You can always get in touch either direct message, email, or through my website as well if you actually want to have a bit more of a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. I think we managed to get through episode two, our first interview, and let's hope it all recorded and the sound is good. (laughs) (laughs) And even if it's not, um, I think that the, the content that's inside this episode is incredible and needed to be out in the world. So thank you so much for joining me, Britt. Thank you so much. I had such a good time. All right. Bye. I'm so grateful that you were here and that you were listening and investing in you. I wonder if while you were listening, you thought of a friend or a family member who could really use this podcast. Please feel free to share it. I also would love it if you could go and leave a review. You can reach out to me on social. My Instagram is at the earthy mama. And on Facebook, I'm Shay Payne, the Earthy Mama. I would love to hear from you, so jump in my DMs. Remember to go out there and shine your light and spread this message. And remember, be real.